The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. David Kelly, though, is with me first, the Chief Sports Writer with the Irish Independent. Uh, we're a rugby country now, David, you see, after all of that uh, Six Nations success, the imminent back to back Grand Slam as well coming. But it's not the egg chasers you want to talk about. It's uh, football. Imminent Grand Slam, as, as I've <laughs> labelled them, um, uh, to my hopefully not shame. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the irony is that I'm not angry about this at all, actually. And it's, it's kind of ironic. Um, is the obsession with English football. I, I, I tweeted, sent a tweet a couple of weeks ago. It was the day that, a bit like um, the UK with their beloved monarch yesterday, it's the day that Ireland stopped in its tracks when Jurgen Klopp announced his, his decision to leave Ireland. And it was in the midst of the Irish managerial chase, but that was just suddenly subsumed by this tsunami of, of, of grief, mostly from middle-aged journalists, funnily enough, and a, a lot of them GA journalists as well, interestingly. Um, but, and I just, I, I, I found it amusing rather than, I wasn't angered by it. I don't get angry anymore about things like this. It's only sport. But um, given that at the same day and in that previous 48 hours, there had been the Will he, won't, we, won't he, and he may still do in a couple of weeks, mm. Lee, Lee Carsley, uh, to become the next Irish manager. I think 78 days after our last, Ireland's last game, um, which was forgettable in fairness. Um, but that was just overshadowed completely by, by um, the, the, the Klopp story. And I just tweeted, you know, fairly innocently, and again, not angrily, that, you know, it's little wonder that, you know, Irish football hasn't developed or will not get the chance to develop when there is an obsession with English football. And in some ways, it's a magnificent obsession for some people who are who are obsessed with it and love it um, and maybe are not even interested in Irish football. And, and I used to get angry, by, uh, angry, angry yeah. at that, but actually I don't anymore because at least they are following it through. But it's, it's just a general, and maybe it's a bandwagon thing and it could be a Rugby World Cup thing as well and how many thousands went to Marseille, not that many thousand, not 60,000. Um, but I, I just kind of find, found it amusing, you know, and that's from somebody who, who was obsessed with English football before Irish football, I admit that. I'd Glen I, I, I Waddle on my, on my bedroom wall before I ever saw the inside of Richmond Park, you know. Um, but you, you, you said something in the middle of all that there. You, you said... You know their obsession with English football to the detriment of Irish football. Do you believe that if 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 more people were interested in the clubs here in Ireland, that we'd have a better national team? Well, I I, th- I think if 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 there was a balance, probably more of a balance. I mean, in terms of uh, we can bring this a, a, as high up to government level that uh, you know there hasn't been. I mean, you can go back to Bertie Ahern appearing on the Premiership and being you know Man United all the way even though he trot out the drums every now and then as well. Um, but, you know, we're just talking earlier today about, you know, there's going to be, say, seven or 8,000 at a pre-season glorified friendly in Tala uh, at the weekend. But it's it's probably the only, possibly Cork, the only functional soccer stadium in, in Ireland. Um, and you can look at, you know, generational neglect mm. of facilities, generational neglect of um, youth development in Ireland, um, because of what was um, initially um, the one outlet we had was was until the Irish game couldn't support it anymore, the English game, by about the middle of the last century when the English became, quickly became 
you know, more and more influential, whether it was match of the day or, and then that gradually the 50s and 60s led to the decline of, of the domestic game here, which would have fueled international football and would have been the bedrock of international football and indeed youth development. But obviously that relationship has changed. And I, and I just think that, you know, when there is always a debate about Irish football, whether it's the failure of Steve Kenny, the failure of Martin O'Neill, the failure of Mick McCarthy, Trapp mm. Tony, Steve Staunton, uh, and even the end days of Jack Charlton and what was going to happen next, that, you know, beneath that, there was no examination of what, what, what is supporting Irish football. And, you know, you could argue that it has been English football and that obsession. Now, again, I'm not saying angrily that it's a, a, a necessarily a, a bad thing or a malign thing, but you cannot, cannot ignore it when you look underneath the, the carpet, look underneath the bonnet of Irish football yeah. and the neglect in terms of those two, the, the facilities and also youth development and that, that there's no sustainable um, you know, pathway for the Irish international thing, the apex and you know, we're searching for a manager now. There is a connect between those two things. And is the, is the argument that if there's more interest in it, if, if, if there was, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but if you were kind of supporting you know, Pats or Rovers or Cork City, whoever it was, as much as you were supporting Liverpool, Arsenal or Man United, that it becomes self-fueling after a while that you've got, you, you know, you've got increased gate receipts and increased gate receipts lead to better stadiums, better stadiums, more gate receipts yeah, and I, more I, interest I, I, I and better players. Is yeah, that the I mean, idea? I don't, I don't, it's very, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, most, most, like the, the the most amount of Irish professional footballers are actually in Ireland at the moment, which is the first time it's ever happened. Uh, there's more professional footballers here than in England or or, or on the continent. Uh, all the managers in the Premier in top the, in the Premier Division are professional as well for the first time ever. I think you're going to the season, yeah. but it is hard to see. I mean, you see figures last week that in terms of the TV solidarity payments, the bottom two leagues in England are going to get you know, basically budgets which are way, way above Rovers and mm-hmm. Bows and Pats. So I don't think we're ever going to reach that level in terms of an industry because in England, the obsession with football is an obsession. You've you've towns that are little small market towns that sustain a professional football. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen in Ireland, I think. It, it just, in it, the way this, this sporting country has developed and in terms of population, it's not sustainable. But I just think one has to see the disconnect that is there between the international team and what's going on underneath in terms of, of development um, that has been allowed, you know, just again for population reasons, financial reasons, it's been outsourced to England for so long. And suddenly in the last four or five years, Brexit obviously being the big headline grabber that players cannot go to England now until they're 18, that suddenly Irish football is being tasked with developing young players when it hasn't been tasked to do that before as well as trying to yeah. you know promote their clubs and I, I, like as I said I, I, I don't think there's going to be a sustainable football industry here there can be a little kind of cottage industry but in terms of you know um, the demand from uh, people who know more than rugby or you know whether it's um, even GA that they suddenly alight upon the international team like this week for example many people may not know the Nations League draws on uh, in Paris, I certainly didn't manager know. Manager nobody knows. Nobody knows that. Um, so you know, everyone will alight on this. That England or Ireland might get England in the draw, and suddenly there's headlines about oh, Ireland don't have a manager. I mean, th- th- this kind of um, and it is a bandwagon effect. We see it in yeah. the Olympics. There was, I was listening to sports news today. Um, 
no mention of the World Aquatic Championships in Doha, and yet we have Neil Warnock managing our... Who cares? You know, there's there, there, there's this obsession in Ireland with just the, the the big picture that we see. And as I say, I love it. I, I love watching Spurs. They're my childhood team. I may watch an English football game tonight because it's 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 there. Yeah. It's all over. So it's around. So is this is this less a call for people to get involved so that we can reinvigorate the national team, or is this more? Say, a, is it, this more a lament that we, we, all we'll have is the cottage industry? So maybe we need to lower our expectations of what our national team can ever achieve. Well, I, I think we should always lower the expectations, and I mean, I, <laughs> I, I've I've just personally I've always been kind of divorced from it because that's the way I grew up. I like nineteen ninety for me was St Pat's winning the league. It wasn't Italian ninety. I I, I like smaller things. I'm more into parochialism than patriotism. Um, but I, I do think that um, when there is criticism, and I saw we saw it a lot during the, the famous culture wars of the Stephen Kenny era, that there was this kind of, if you were on Stephen Kenny's side, so to speak, or you wanted to kind of give that, yeah. um, that kind of idea ago, you were, you were a League of Ireland, you were a member of the cult of the League of Ireland. Whereas if you weren't a Stephen Kenny supporter, not that it should have come down to being a supporter of him or, or, or that approach, that, you know, you're obsessed with England and you wanted to have Sam Allardyce as manager and just knock it long and beat Germany and get to a championship every two mm. or three years, as opposed to, well, why not try and build Irish football from the ground up? Now, as I say, I'm not calling on Paddy and Patricia to go to St. Pat's because they can't get in anyway because the facilities aren't good enough and there's no, they're, they're, they won't yeah. be, it, 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 it's sold out. But just to see and probably lament, just to see and understand why there is that disconnect. Because, you know, if, 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 if a lot of our resources, and as I say, I don't, I'm not angry about people who spend money on jerseys and, you know, whatever, 120, 130,000 go to see English football and Celtic um, every, every week or two. That's their choice, but you know they can't also uh, what, why is, sit in a pub yeah. and um, criticise an Irish okay. soccer team without knowing that all the fundamental reasons for their failure are at home. Why? Why did it? Was it inevitable? It would. It would happen that way, given the size of the country here, given the interest in in Gaelic games and. You know, uh, uh, like the match of the day effect you talk about, the the scale of the the, the market in England. Well, I would like, argue, I, I, was, I, I, was it inevitable that we would well, no, become I, I, a kind I, I of a feeder argue, nation? If you, if you look at other countries, and I mean, again, a stick to beat the League of Ireland is that you know a lot of times they would um, say be evicted from European competition by so called you know minnows. But if you look at a lot of these European countries, most of them do have municipal soccer stadia, sometimes multi sports stadia. They do have investment in uh, youth and their youth and academy structures. Um, you know, they do have a soccer policy. They do have um, a, a, a cooperative element in terms of government uh, and possibly e- even local investment, uh, whether that's outside investment uh, as well in terms of sponsorship or, or businessmen. So there is something coherent there, whereas... I'm 50. I grew up in in the 80s and then I saw the start of the Charlton era. Um, And for me, I have always seen as a lost opportunity for the sport here in that so much money came in, so much interest was generated. But, you know, there was only, we only saw the the top of the pyramid. There was nothing, Mm -hmm. it was baseless. 
uh, a couple of voices did want to invest, whether that was in Stadia or whether that was in... And again, this is not a call for the League of Ireland. This is not speaking on behalf of, 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 of the cult of the League of Ireland. Um, this is a general, whether it was junior soccer, whether it was schoolboy soccer, and it didn't, it didn't happen. And a lot of that money was wasted. Yeah. I mean, you look at all... This century, it's a different story. We we won't go into what happened this century in terms of waste and, and corporate dysfunction. But we had a lot of money spent at the apex of the of the level that possibly was slight, only slightly recouped in terms of getting to a couple of major championships. Yeah. But in terms of the outlay, I don't think there was any value for money there. And you know, while people celebrated. 2012 and 2016, um, there wasn't really anything to sustain it uh, beneath that. So, you know, I, I think it would have possibly always just been, you know, a cottage industry. But like, what's wrong with having a cottage industry like Slovenia or yeah. um, Slovakia or, or, or countries that, you know, are sustainable? I mean, we, I, I think the obsession with England is that we're almost trying to be like a, a 21st Premiership club, that we're almost like kind of... Um, there is this kind of soap operatic thing that if we get, you know, Lee, Car- you know, Neil Lennon in or Sam Allardyce, mm. that we might kind of avoid relegation and get an odd result against uh, an England or a Germany. And and you know, I I just I, I I don't, as I say, it doesn't it doesn't fuel my interest. My my interest is in is in local sport, whether yeah. it's club rugby or or or, or, or GA or League of Ireland. But um, so that's why it kind of amuses me because, yeah. you know, all these blinkered people don't see it. Now, again, how interested they are in it, I'm not too sure. Well, listen, I'll give you a tangible example of the kind of neglect you talk about. Uh, those culture wars and those arguments had over pints about Stephen Kenny and whether he was the right man for the job would have been had in pubs all over Ireland, including pubs in Kilkenny and about two or three miles out the road uh, from town is Buckley Park, where Enfield and Kilkenny City used to play. Ran past it about a year ago. Farmer in cutting silage on it. Yeah. The stands are still there. Lad in cutting silage uh, on the pitch. No team uh, to speak of. Uh, David, listen, thanks a million uh, for popping into the studio. David Kelly, Chief Sports Writer with the Irish Independent. League of Ireland is all about the amazing live experience on a Friday night in Daily Mount. Not sitting in a pub shouting at a TV screen. The league badly needs government funding, though, says one listener. Gareth in Cork says, I'm a season ticket holder at Cork City for 30 years. We're having the same chats now as back then about the league progress. It gets so tiresome. It really is a mess, Gareth. Thanks for the text. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.